Hello and welcome to the Red 78 on the Rugby Channel and Monster podcast for Monster fans. My name is Rory O'Hagan. I am joined by two Monster legends who need absolutely no introduction. Fiona Hayes and Alan Quinlan. Guys, how are you? Grace, Grace. And Quinny, a new, good, sidekick, yeah. a, a new sidekick for you this year. Quinny with Fiona Hayes coming on board. Yeah, big pressure now. She's still uh, <laughs> need Briggs's boots. Um, she always seems to be in Neve Briggs' coattails, you know. So <laughs> Go away out of it. She's her about. But no, it's great to be back. Um, obviously, the World Cup was on. Um, we missed uh, last week's... Munster obviously mm. played their first game last week against the Sharks. We couldn't do a preview or a post-match uh, build-up to that. But we'll have plenty of the Red 78 for the rest of the season. And um, it's great to be back. It's just... Um, we didn't put out any tweet this week um, as regards what the fans' view was of, of, of the game at the weekend or where they feel they're at because it's very early days. We will do that for next week and uh, the main kind of goal of the pod has always been to try and get fan interaction, get the views of the fans, what what, what it's like going to matches, what their feelings mm-hmm. are as well and, and try and articulate those messages on the podcast. So it's great to be back less pressure on me now Rory that you're going to host uh, so you're very welcome as well thanks and and, and uh, Fiona as well so uh, let's hope it's a good season for Munster and it's great Fingers to be crossed, back Jim. up and running again and as yeah, and with that as well Rory uh, Briggsy has uh, given me all the cues to, to come in to show Quinny up when he's talking too much as well so at least I, ha- I have that as well yeah so it's <laughs> going to be an interesting 45 minutes ahead we have a lot to discuss we're going to be looking back on Munster's great escape in Italy we'll be looking at the Reds key performers over the opening two rounds and we look ahead to the Dragons Clash in Cork this coming Saturday and we're going to take a look at the World Cup through Munster tinted glasses as well. Now as always as Quinny said we want to hear from you the Munster fans. We want your thoughts on performances upcoming games, who you think should be in the starting 15, whatever you want to ask Alan and Fiona. Tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or you can hit up Alan and Fiona's Twitter accounts or X accounts or what have you these days. Uh, leave a comment on the YouTube video or email us at the Rugby Channel at BoroughMedia.ie Guys how was your weekend? Fiona how was your weekend? Great. First weekend off, uh, not doing a bit of commentating or coaching. Um, there was no women's AIL this weekend, so I was delighted. So I got out to a bit of the jazz, Rory, down in <laughs> Cork, just to uh, behave myself now all weekend. Wasn't too um, good and was up early to watch Munster on Sunday, so all good. Couldn't you much yourself? Well, I was over in uh, in Paris. I've mm. been over there for, for um, probably the duration of the World Cup over and back, Rory. It's... Uh, it was a great experience. Um, obviously, we went there with great with great anticipation and and hope for Ireland. But um, you know, well documented, they, they came up <laughs> short against New Zealand. Unfortunately, uh, they'd have been, they they had been incredible in the in the build up to the World Cup, probably the previous eighteen months, two years, and um, unfortunately, they lost that game to New Zealand. A very good New Zealand performance on on the night and. Uh, you know, so going back for semi-finals and finals was different. Um, we were hoping that there'd be a bit more zombie sang in the stadiums yeah. and uh, the Irish fans would be there. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I was there for the third and fourth place playoff on Friday night um, between Argentina and England. And the final, of course, on Saturday night, which was um privilege to, to be able to commentate on it and to be there. Two great teams, but uh, not the best game in the end. And, and credit mm-hmm. to South Africa for for for, for winning back to back World Cups. I think uh, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. achievement. But you, you must be pretty much fluent in French at this point. You spent so much time in France, yeah. <laughs> no, everybody speaks English over there now. Probably twenty <laughs> years ago, when I was 
when I was going over there with Munster, uh, it was more di- yeah. it was a bit more difficult. But no, it was great. It was really run well run tournaments. Mm. I think um, it was amazing being there on Saturday night. It was lashing rain. Seven weeks previous, I was in shorts and a t shirt in Bordeaux for thirty six degrees for Ireland's opening nice. game. But um, you know, overall, it was a brilliant World Cup, Rory. I think, yeah. um, and. You know, I think the quarterfinals, everyone's spoken about the draw and, and the kind of lopsided nature of the draw. The two quarterfinals, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa, France, were, were incredible games. I think a um, bit of an anti-climax after that. But, yeah. who, you know, the teams who were there don't care. Um, South Africa, the champions again, it's incredible. Uh, two monster second rows involved with South Africa. Felix Jones there as well. Um, it was amazing to to see them do it again but it was it was a brilliant experience yeah we'll have a look back on uh, the World Cup through Munster Tinted Glasses a little bit later on in the show um, let's start though with the performance in Italy on Sunday um, I think the polite way to phrase this Fiona would be not one for the purists it wasn't exactly a cracker Fiona is um, absolutely not a cracker but I suppose what we saw was great character at the end Rory to, to pull that draw out of the bag um, you know just when you thought things were going wrong I think we'd a, a knock on over the line as well just before that last try um, so look it wasn't the best game but look what I I always say, even when I'm coaching myself, is you have to kind of park those games. It was unusual. The connections were off. Um, Joey was outstanding the week mm. before against the Sharks. It probably didn't click as as much this week. Um, the only thing is, I will say, a couple of guys, and Quinny will touch on it later as well, that came off the bench made a huge impact. I thought Paddy came on and, and sped things up. It was brilliant to see. And Thomas Ahern. So, look, there are some positives. And... You have to kind of look at the positives in, in, in these games. It's early in the seasons. As I said, connections are off. Um, they actually looked a bit tired, Quinny. Did you think, looking at them, that they looked a small bit tired? I don't know, was that the travel over or the training during the week? But it wasn't. Um, for so early in the season, they didn't look like they were, were full of life, full of energy. But that could got to do with the, the week they've had previous. Yeah, I don't know. They shouldn't be tired this early in the season. I know. <laughs> second game. Um, it's a very strange one, though, for, for all the teams in the URC. It's been probably three or four months of a pre-season. Four months, I'd say. Um, maybe they were back training at the end of June, July, August, September, October. Probably four months, four and a half months for some. Um, it's a long time preparing without matches. And I'm trying to guess, uh, you know, be the sideshow of the Rugby World Cup really you know not not a lot of attention to the URC while this World Cup was going on so um, yeah it can take it out of you a little bit travelling over there the conditions were really bad I think that's probably important to say it didn't reflect yeah. it on TV and there was a lot of rain there the pitch was quite heavy and uh, I think they were very inaccurate in the first half um, slow out of the blocks they're tricky games, and to be fair, Benetton would have had a, a fair few of their internationals back. So on paper, they're probably uh, better set, more experienced, uh, more international players in the field, and they made it really difficult for Munster physically. They, they, you know, they were they were on top in a lot of the collisions, putting massive pressure on our on, on Munster's set piece as well. So. Uh, and then forcing a lot of mistakes. So I think Munster didn't really get out of the blocks. I think some of that is a mental a mental side of it as well. You've got to really roll up your sleeves and dig in when you go to, way to places like that. Even if you have your internationals, it's a tough place to go and it's a tricky place to go. So um, 
they would have sensed that Munster were weakened, obviously, and, and missing a lot of players. And, and this would have been a great chance for them to win. Um, so they started and they kind of bullied Munster a bit in the first half. Um, so it's a learning curve for some players as well that you have to turn up for every game and you have to really have your head head around it. Um, I'm not saying that Munster went there with a bad attitude or anything. That's not the case. But I just think you nearly need to create an emotion and an intensity amongst yourselves to to be ready for because you know that would have been a big scalp for Benetton if they beat mm. Munster at the weekend. Um, as you mentioned, Quinny, it is a long pre-season. Just slightly off topic, but yourselves personally. Did you, were you guys good pre-season trainers or did you absolutely hate it, Fiona? Um, it's difficult. I think it's it, pre-season is the toughest part of, of being a professional rugby player. Um, you want to play matches and you want to be yeah. involved week to week and you get a great buzz out of that. But the preparation in pre-season is, is what gives you the foundation to, to, to play. And, and, you know, Paul O'Connell used to always say, you know, you win... Some of the some of the matches that you're in a slugfest throughout the season, you you win them in in preseason by the type of training you do and the the the, the coming together of a squad and the absolutely excruciating uh, painful fitness sessions that you've got to do. <laughs> so it makes you strong mentally and, and builds resilience. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in preseason, I remember probably the 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 just. The trauma and the, the nervousness and of, of having to turn up after your holidays to do a bleep test <laughs> um, and be monitored. And as the years went on, you actually get all, you, you know, when you become a bit more experienced, you realize that you've got to keep tipping away a little bit in pre-season. In, even on your holidays, go for a run, stay in shape. You have a few drinks, uh, run it out of the system the next day. You have to enjoy yourself, but... Pre-seasons are tough and that's what um, gives you the foundation for the whole year. Yeah, did you enjoy uh, pre-season, Fiona? Um, I didn't enjoy the first two weeks, I'd put it that way, because uh, I was one of those people that would take my weeks off and enjoy my few beers <laughs> and enjoy my, my bit of food. So the first two weeks were torture. But after that, then, you you know, as the body gets fitter, you're raring to go. So I loved kind of that heat after that when you're waiting for the games to come on and, and topping up those skill sets. Just back on um, the weekend's game, Cunny. I monster a couple of um, line-out issues uh, in the game. Um, how much of that could be down to, I suppose, that they're early in the season? How much of it can be put down to the conditions on Sunday? It's, 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 it's down to a number of things, Rory. Um, it's down to the opposition pressure. It's down to uh, timing, calling, um, executing it properly, I think, and, and dealing with pressure of... Uh, even though it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people at the game, they're pretty uh, raucous crowd behind you on the stand side, screaming and shouting. Um, it's about being calm and composed there. And I think Munster weren't that composed at times. I kind of will, will talk about the the, 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 three, the two crucial lineup losses after half time when they were in really good attacking positions. You've got to try and nail them. You've got to figure out a way of of simplifying things sometimes, mm-hmm. not being negative because, you know, the easy thing to do is say, well, throw it to two when the when, when the ball is a bit greasy and you're 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 trying to just win it at home because Munster want to try and win the ball towards the middle and tail it a line out to launch their attack. It's obviously more ideal to do that. Um they lost another line out, got held up in a mall. So there's three three set pieces there that that went to begging and um the scrum was under pressure as well. So I think sometimes it's 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 probably without being you can't be too critical, but 
It's about learning just to be really composed in those moments mm-hmm. and, and understanding the significance and the importance of of nailing those lineouts. So um, good pressure from Benetton, but I think Munster, even when you look at some of the lineouts, it was the execution was poor, and that's not just a hooker. It's 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 uh, all mm-hmm. the forwards together. They've got to get that right. Um, we saw how crucial it was for Ireland losing lineouts in the World Cup. Um, South Africa lost four lineouts in the final the other night could have been really crucial for them if they lost the game they would have been looking back at it so I'm a big advocate of, of trying to lose no lineout it's difficult at times um, but again when you're away from home you've ju- just got to you've got to nail your set piece and, and that lays your foundation so mm-hmm. Munster's lineup was culmination of a, a number of different things communication and execution being the most obvious ones and Fiona, without wanting to dwell too much on the negatives, but the try that Munster conceded, there was a big, big gap in that Munster defence, wasn't there? Yeah, look, it was it was huge. And I I actually paused the screen afterwards when I was doing a bit of reviewing it. And just as the ball is leaving that rock, I think there's in that little frame between the two posts, I think Munster have maybe seven players, yeah. you know, waiting for that pick and go. But they've got to be able to still fan out and, and get there. So I think it was like a, an almost a defensive lap. Scanner left too late and then his connections with Frisch were off who who didn't trust his inside and that's where the gap came then because Shane Daly obviously didn't know what to do stayed out because there was so much space out there look they're tiny things and I think that's where the review comes into play and they look at that but on your goal line, on your goal line, they've just had to be quicker, and I suppose that's the disappointing factor that they their set up everything around that area was slightly slow at times, and that's what I meant when I said they looked a little bit lethargic, lack in energy mm-hmm. because. To be honest with you, the first half, I thought their defence was brilliant at times. This Benetton team, Fekitawa and Dioran, they've got like massive talent. Um, Rhino Smith, they, they definitely have great attacking talent. And I thought their connections were really good and they were making their hits and stopping these guys on the gain line. But it was just on the defence of that try. It was probably very poor. But as I said, it's just that slight tweak or someone loses their footing or doesn't get out and quick enough. And, and that can cause that. Yeah, and I suppose, again, like I mentioned to Quinny, you can put this down to the fact that it is very early on in the season. It's just their second game. They're away from home. So, like, little lapses in concentration like that probably to be expected in the early stages. Yeah. Um, if you if you look where Munster were last season, um, you know, they went to Cardiff and they, they... Every team is going to come up with errors at this time of the year, Rory. And, yeah. and you know, you look at... You analyse your performances. It's difficult in pre-season games to try and get things right because the intensity isn't the same so for Munster last week of course they they, they, they would have went away from that game they beat the Sharks 34-21 they would have went away from that game not fooling themselves and thinking God this was a perfect performance it was brilliant they had issues defensively and sometimes that comes down to communication and actually um, coaches putting pressure on them and players seeing themselves mm. that they needed to be in better positions um, there's always going to be positives and negatives in a performance and I think to get better you want to look at the, the things you, you, you should have done better in the game and, and Munster will look at that try and think well number one they lost the set piece in the build up to it um, some of the tackles were a little bit soft and porous um, and then the, the, the kind of energy and enthusiasm to get back on their feet and get organised and and get some spacing was was um, was another thing they can do better. So they'll know that themselves, and it's part and parcel of 
you know, as I said, this time of the season, you're always going to have, every team is going to have issues and, and probably things they need to fix. You won't get the perfect performance over mm. 80 minutes. But for Munster, I think um, they'll know themselves, I think, if we're, if we're talking about what was negative about the performance, slow out of the blocks, set piece, and, and some of those physical collisions. And, you know, it wasn't lack of effort. It's sometimes that's down to communication. Fiona will know this as a coach. It's just having that awareness to communicate to somebody beside you. There was a number of players getting up off the ground. Someone is screaming at them to get in the line quicker. Maybe they'll just, it'll, it'll click that switch and they'll get back better. But, you know, Benetton are a dangerous side and Umanga at 10. And, um, you know, he wanted quick ball for that try and they punished Monster. But it was a, it, it was a bit of a signal of a blow for them because it was right before half time and it stretched the lead out to 10 points. So it was always going to make it difficult. Monster were chasing the game. The positives, which I'm sure you want to move on to in a minute, <laughs> is, is the the resilience, uh, the fight, the desire to get back into the game. There was lots of mistakes in the second half where Benetton made it very difficult for Munster and they seemed to fan out a lot and number up. They got a number of turnovers. Mm. Um, they forced passes from Munster. Um, and, and, you know, there was times there where it was really kind of hands over the face stuff where it broke down at times. But they kept going. They kept mm-hmm. forcing penalties um, and they kept going, which is a really important part of it. You want, and I'm sure Graham Rountree will be pleased with that, that um, even though there was a fair few experienced players on the field, there's still, you can always get better and you can always build and you can always uh, understand that um, you've got to get the emotional pitch right for these type of games. And I think Munster kept going and... and and that was a fantastic attribute that they showed a plenty of resilience and tenacity to get themselves back into the game and, and get two points in the end, which was fantastic for them. Yeah, and Fiona, I suppose positives uh, just coming out of the game. Um, the impact from the bench in the second half was fantastic. It really changed the game for Munster. Yeah, it did. It was huge. Um, like Thomas O'Hearn came on, added so much energy. Um kind of became the go-to man and the line out at the front as well they they went back to Quinny spoke about it they I think there was a couple of missed lifts as well but with someone like Thomas Hearn he's height you just get him in and uh, you know as the game goes on you just have to grind out that win you've no problem with going to the front <laughs> and seeing what we can do after that and I think they did change things around because to be fair to Benetton they were giving Munster the front but Munster wanted to push that one had some set piece moves off the off the back of the line out it wasn't working out so they changed things and they fixed that but like you're talking about the bench but I have to give a, a huge shout out to Kieran Ryan starting at Loosehead I mean the the fifth choice Loosehead Quinny was saying that earlier I, I didn't even know that and Shannon playing with Shannon and you know came on lost the first penalty I was thinking oh god the scrum is in for a treat here but he was brilliant he locked out the scrum for the rest of the game didn't lose anything on his side I think he he maybe won a penalty as well um, against an experienced tight head and was was around the pitch carries I think he had about seven tackles missed zero tackles as well so for a guy to come into the team like that so much emphasis on set piece so much emphasis on how refs are refing the set piece and he had the ability to, to just learn from that first scrum what he needed to do locked it out and Munster yeah it wasn't perfect but I thought he was just brilliant in his ability to do that Exactly yeah and Quinny I suppose for Graham Roundtree moving forward is he going to be like he's not going to be massively upset by that performance he's just going to park it and move on Yeah I think so he'll, he'll um, he's been he's 
Graham has been a breath of fresh air since he's come in. He's very honest. He doesn't go to the media afterwards and kind of cover over things. Mm. He'll tell you how he feels. And, um, you know, post-match, he did speak about um, the slow start and the inaccuracies in that first half that they had. But the fight and the desire what please him. That's from his uh, school book of uh, <laughs> the way he played and, and uh, the, you know, the teams he played for. He's... Um, I think that's the important thing. Technically, they've got to be better. Um, you know, with the coaches, they'll look at that and they'll they'll analyse it and try to be better. And as I said, be be more accurate. You know, they try to play a monster, and and sometimes probably in the conditions they try to overplay. I think Joey probably needed to take a little bit more control and play some territory and get their kicking game uh, going better. But um, they were just a little bit off in the first half, and I thought. The way they kept going was was really important, and and mm-hmm. you know in the end you know to get two points when it looked like they were getting nothing out of the game, you know Joey Carby kicks a penalty in the you know seventy third minute to bring it to thirteen six, and then Thomas Ahern gets a try on on, on seventy the seventy ninth minute right before they were dis- the try was disallowed, so they went back and they did it again, and 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 it was it's good for them that'll mm-hmm. build them a lot, you know, and. Um, Two important points, and that could be vital at come the end of the season where you finish in the table. And as I said, it's a much. Um, last year they lost two. For, uh, they won two games in their first seven games, so they're in a better shape this week or this this period. And you want to get points on the board. You don't want to be chasing the table again like they did last year. And obviously they have a lot of players come back, so they've got to try and build it themselves without the internationals for another couple of weeks. And that experience and that quality, and um, it'll be a nice situation when Munster will have Klein, Snyman, O'Mahony, Byrne, Casey, Crowley, Kilcoyne. Um, I'm probably missing a couple, am I? Um, Jeremy Lockman will be back. Jeremy Lockman, um, and I'm probably leaving out one or two, but it'll be great for them to come back. And and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic. A fantastic two points in the end. I think that was really vital for them.